I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. How's this for a wet dream? Soul food. Oh, I rick you little meatball. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, he, he's a little meatball. I love him. He's great. Freddy's got jokes in this one. Yeah. He's got a lot. Oh, he's got a lot. I think every line's a joke, basically. There, there's still a little bit of menace to this character, you know? I, I give him some credit there. It's, it's. I mean, it's, oh, it's, jokey. Yeah, yeah. it's jokey, but like, you know, it's not part six yet, you know? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, the stakes are still pretty high. Yeah, I mean, I mean you do like these kids. You totally. Know? So you're like, oh, they died. they died. Yeah. And also, it's, you don't usually see this in a lot of slash slashers where, the kids are killed and you mm-hmm. actually see their friends mourn them yeah, and be like, true. oh, man, this really sucks. I'm going to go watch a home movie of them and cry. Like, you don't get to see that a lot. Right. Usually it's just like, OK, they're dead. Bye. We're going to yeah, move on. Exactly. They only have time to mourn. So I kind of like that about this is that it kind of feels a little bit more, dare I say, real. I don't know. I think <laughs> so. It's a goofy kind of a movie yeah. in some ways. But it's it. I, I appreciate that it does actually tackle that. A bit. Right. And like, the, I like the scene where Alice's dad is like freaked out that like he could lose another kid, yeah. even though he's been like a distant dad and like a shitty dad for like, you know, the whole time. But now he's like, oh, shit, I actually lost one of my kids and I can't lose another one or else I will literally lose it. You know, I don't know. I like that. Yeah. You know, Alice's dad has a very underappreciated arc in this franchise because he comes mm-hmm. back in part five and he's like right. full on like he's recovered mm-hmm. and he's like he's like a war warrior for his kid and right. stuff. Mm-hmm. and. Like so, I I really like that character a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think he was actually supposed to die in this movie. I mm-hmm. think there was like a, there was something I heard. It might have been in Never Sleep Again, where they were like, yeah, he was supposed to die, and then we were like, we don't have time to shoot this, and so he just survived. I guess. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. All the parents of Elm Street, I think, have really bad drinking problems. Oh yeah. That's just yeah. what I've learned. Yeah. They're all kind of. Uh, they're just sort of going through the, through the day, going through going through the motions, uh-huh. trying to not deal with the fact that they killed some dude. Yep. Yep. But what is confusing here is that, so, okay, Kristen, Joey, and Kincaid mm-hmm. are, I guess, the same age as, like, Alice and Rick and Sheila and all of them, right? Supposedly, yes. So why don't they know, they, they don't seem to really... I don't. I. I feel like they would have heard something about this. They seem like they're so in the dark about it, and like no one still believes Kristen when it's like it's. I don't know. I feel like maybe they should be like a little more on edge too. Just about the whole backstory of Freddy and everything. Yeah, like yeah. because I didn't remember until last night that Dan is, I guess, like a new kid. Like he's from a different town. Because there's some line that he says, like of all the places that i had to move to i moved to the Mm -hmm. bermuda triangle so right they tell him the back story when they're at the house which makes sense because he Mm -hmm. wouldn't know right but like 
aren't the rest of them having weird dreams before this? Like you'd think they would have have had dreams at some point. Like if their parents were the ones that, or I, I don't know. Well, I'm so confused. I don't. I don't know if this is right. But the, the the sense I got was that like their parents weren't actually involved, and it was just the parents of the people Freddie killed in the first one and the third one. And okay. now he's had to sort of glom onto Alice in order to find new teenagers. That I don't know if that's that that's the sense I get because like oh right because Nancy did say like you're the last of the Elm Street children right and stuff, right know? so I guess yeah but it is strange because it's like what are these other parents like they they just weren't involved I guess like or they just hadn't moved to town yet or you know the questions I guess they were like at the ballet that night and they're like we can't come to the lynching (laughs) I'm so sorry can't really commit we've got plans oh man I wish I could come but oh we are busy fucking Kristen's mom found time and she's a total fucking lush so you think she she would have heard (laughs) find time fucking Kristen's mom god I love that she (laughs) she returns I I love her first scene in this where she pulls up in the car when they're out outside of the Elm Street house, mm-hmm. and she just does the whole like Anna, like Anna, like Kristen, get the <laughs> hell away from the house. <laughs> and then she do- doesn't even wait for her to get in the car; she just speeds off. She's yeah. going, <laughs> just goes away. So I guess Kristen lives like a few ha- houses away. I don't, I, guess, I don't know. I guess she just walks home. Yeah, I was like, God. I mean, you could at least wait for your kid. You could at least right. pretend to care. Right. Dear God, you stuck her in a freaking <laughs> asylum, and all of her friends died. Exactly. Some compassion, woman. Yeah. And then she drugs her. That's a great scene. That is- <laughs> you just murdered me. Take that to your goddamn therapy. Kristen! Love it. Love it. God. <laughs> it's like, you just need, you just need, need, need to eat. It's like, well, like, if your friends died, what would that do to your appetite? Right, exactly. So good. I love that scene. Yeah. That's an Oscar scene right there. It is. It is. It is. It's so good. One of the many overlooked horror performances here, you know. Absolutely. So good. So good. So wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So it, we are talking about Sophie's Choice. Sophie's this week, Choice. You know. Uh, you didn't know. <laughs> decided to take a little bit of turn and to try something different, you know. <laughs> We've been doing this horror thing for, you know, four years now. We're ready for to branch out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, but does Sophie's Choice have a scene where someone's brought back to life with dog pee? I don't think so. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it, so I, I couldn't really tell you, but I would assume it does not. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the extended Japanese Laserdisc does that happen. Yes. It's very hard to find. Yes. Oh, that poor dog. But it, it was just living its life. dog. Yeah. Yeah. Jason. I love that his name is J- Jason. It's like, ah, uh-huh, Freddie and Jason. Uh, I see what y'all did there, New Line. Uh, so funny. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. The, and it makes yeah. me sad, too, though, because that dog, like, he clearly loved Kincaid yeah. so much. And when Kincaid dies, he's, like, really sad. I'm like, it is sad. I hope someone's going to take care of that dog. I know. I get, like, that's what I'm mostly concerned about. I, I kind of wish at the end, Alice and Dan were, like, walking away from the fountain with jason right like come here Mm -hmm. boy (laughs) like just i just want to know he's okay i know (laughs) is he being fed (laughs) i'm scared i'm scared for his life because you know these parents are not going to take care of him well enough so he needs fuck no (laughs) no way in hell they're so neglectful and horrible (laughs) no way in hell god it's true i hope he's all right 
Maybe the Dream Master will take care of him. Because as we were talking about before we started recording, <laughs> who is the Dream Master? We think it's Tilda, who Tilda is Swinton, the Dream Master? we're not sure. We think so. We're like, we, we think we found a way to reboot the franchise. We're going to bring Tilda Swinton in to play the Dream Master. Mm-hmm. And she's going to fight Freddy. <laughs> and we've also decided she, she's going to play a, a whole new batch of Elm Street kids as well on, t- on top of that. I think I think she could handle maybe six characters. Yeah, I, I, six is reasonable. I, I think she, I think she could do it. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we could get Fred, Freddy back. We could get the real Freddy. We could get Robert England to come mm-hmm. back for mm-hmm. one more time because he'd yeah. want to work with Tilda, oh, oh, totally. of course. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there'd be, great. be this big confrontation about it. who's the real Dream Master. You know, is is it Tilda yeah. or is it you know Freddy over here? And uh, that's the question. That would be the battle. I feel like she'd call him Frederick. She'd oh, be like, yeah. oh, Frederick. No. Ooh, or you maybe. You can't do it again. Yeah, maybe he was her, like, apprentice at one point. Like, when he died. <gasps> like, she, like, took him oh. on. And he's supposed to be, like, a good dream angel or something. But he, like, turned to the dark mm. side. And now she's oh. having to, like, rein him oh. in. I like this. How biblical. I know. Mm. I know. I know. Oh, I am intrigued, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> and now, will the apprentice surpass the master? Watch and find out. Oh, you'll have to find out on Max. Yeah, exactly. 2027. Yeah. Whenever. I don't know. It'll be a TV series by then. Yeah, just like the Halloween Probably, TV series yeah. and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't think that's going to happen. I feel like they're just, they got the rights, but they're not, they're not going to pro- probably do anything know. with it. They're just going to be like, I, I feel like, I don't know what they're going to do. They did the Chucky one, so who knows? We'll see. Yeah, but they also had Don Mancini, who like kind of knows what he's doing. I don't know. Who well, when does that ever stop them this. with the like, Halloween franchise? They, it, well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, but like, I feel like Halloween is so. I mean, even Nightmare. A, a lot of them have Wes Craven's input in some way. Yeah. Um. So it does. In some ways, it it feels like a more complete one. But Halloween's always just been like, just bring in who, 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 whoever. Like, who just right. shot a really cool music video? Maybe they'll be great for the Halloween. Right. Like, exactly. it, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have a real identity. It's always so, yeah, scattered. Mm-hmm. Which might be good for a TV show if it's an anthology, maybe. But yeah, I think it'll happen because I, I think they just want to keep milking that cash cow as much as they can, and I think they've realized like. Well, we made the movie. We made we've done so many angles with the movies. Let's try this and see how it goes. And but we'll say we shall see. No one, no one can tell until it's done. Mm-hmm. It does seem like the Hellraiser one is dead, though, right? That that was yeah, like I don't announced think that ever, that actually like five years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be David Gordon Green, right? I think. Yeah. 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 Thank God. It was. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Phew! Phew. Dodge that bullet. Phew. <laughs> I'm scared where he's going to end up next, though. Imagine. I don't, I don't know, because now that he's he's done well, with the Exorcist. Okay, so. so, I saw some post that was like, "There is a new director that's been found for Scream Seven, and there were these com comments like, "What if it's David Gordon Green?" Oh, and I was like, no, "No, don't do it, don't do it." That would, oh. I think, that if if that was announced, let's say tomorrow. I think the world might end. I think those fucking Scream fans would lose their shit to the point yeah. where it would be like a January 6th Probably. all over again. Probably. But it would be people in like ghost face costumes. Mm-hmm. 
It's been like, not Gordon Green, nope. not Gordon Green. Storming the, the spyglass and yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that would be a hoot. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't think the world needs that. No. No. You yeah, need no. Tilda as the dream master. <laughs> exactly. That's what we need. None of these franchises really feel like super alive at this point. I mean, I guess the Crystal Lake series yeah. that's happening, but. Right. Yeah. We'll, that, that's, uh, I, I think I heard that's actually getting closer now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, everything seems kind of in limbo at this point. So we'll see. Yeah, none of them are really alive and kicking mm-hmm. that hard mm-hmm. at the moment. They could all use a little drop of dog pee to kind of. I think so. Know, yeah. Bring them back. <laughs> Fire breathing dog pee. I should. Right. I should say. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, the I, the kill sequences in this movie, though, some of the best. Love them. So good. Oh, Elaborate. It's so creative colorful almost like little mini music videos it's like you said this is the mtv era and it's you can totally feel it it's great it's it's wonderful it is a endlessly inventive movie in so many ways Mm -hmm. it's never dull not for a second i mean it is fast-paced rollicking good time they get to the point and yet still manage to give the characters just enough to kind of make you care Mm mm-hmm which is a really phenomenal feat when you think think about it. That's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like right out of, of of the gate, they 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 seem to be doing a little e- extra work right. with the characters and this one, which I really right. appreciate. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot of work to do because there was clearly a sense of like we're trying to just like get rid of the Dream Warriors characters as fast as possible. Which you know, yeah, what however you feel about that, it, it's whatever. But uh, when you do finally get to the new characters, it, it really just jumps right in and you feel like you're in uh, you're on board with these characters. I think Alice is a really solid final girl here here. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. She's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, they bake in the new characters in a really organic way. So you, yeah. you're kind of getting to know them as you're catching up with the dream warriors a bit. So once mm-hmm. they are gone about 30 minutes in, you're it. It's a huge loss. And you feel it. You really feel it. Right. But you've gotten to know the new ones enough to where you're like, okay, well, maybe they'll pull it together. And then they just keep getting killed one by one. Right, it's right. really like you feel really bad. This movie makes me feel really bad. Yeah. Like it's a fun movie. It is. But I, it's, it's just, it's weird that it's so much fun. And yet it just strikes this balance that very few films can do of being really fun popcorn kind of entertainment while still kind of having something to say to some extent and Mm -hmm. sort of having these really great characters that you care about. So it's, I I haven't seen many other films that can do that. No, no, maybe some of the screams, some, some of the screams can, but right. Right. It's very, very rare. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I, I don't know why Andros jones didn't end up being like this huge movie star i think he's great in this i think I he's, know. he's so fun and it's wonderful he almost has this uh i don't even know the kind of energy i mean a, a little bit of like christian from um you know heather's kind of uh, at times i mean just this really kind of fun like offbeat but like weird uh, but you know popping jokes and everything I, 
for some reason he always kind of reminded me like a little bit of like matthew perry at times too yeah i could see that like just maybe like the just the sense of humor and the jokiness and yeah yeah he he really makes this character very lovable Mm mm-hmm and I mean, when he goes, like it is, it does hurt. Like there's that whole scene. I I for, forgot about this. I guess I haven't wa- watched this in a long, a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where they're at his funeral, and yeah. there's that like day daydream scene where she right. imagines that he's not going. I was like, this is like this could be really cheesy, and yet I'm very moved right now. <laughs> like, right, this is kind of sad. Because you know, you you don't know if like that's just Freddie like playing a joke on her or if that is actually right. like, like him, like talking to her, like from the other side or something, you know, it's, it's, that's, yeah. that is, yeah, it's disturbing, but moving and it's, yeah, it, it is. I, I, just, I noticed that like, too. How did they do this movie? Like, it's just so weird because it was so rushed into production because dream yeah. warriors was like a humongous hit. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like they didn't have a lot of time. Like everything right. I've read and seen about this everyone was like yeah we had like a month to shoot everything and we were like rewriting the script as we were shooting and changing things i'm like how did it turn out to be relatively coherent and moving and funny and kind of scary and Mm -hmm. like it's just it's i don't know it's kind of a miracle this movie (laughs) it's really it is special it is absolutely let's talk about how it got made here briefly so uh Director, of course, we have Rennie Harlan, who's mostly known for these kind of big action set piece movies, which I can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like Die Hard 2 and The Long Kiss Goodnight and Deep Blue Sea. Um, and uh, and he was married to Gina De- Gina Davis for a bit right, as well. Right, as right, right. Well. Yes. Uh, I think you mean Sigourney Weaver, but... <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> we covered that before, Kevin. That's I a, thought you had gotten better. That's a deep cut joke there, folks. Have you been a long time listening? That is a very deep cut. <laughs> that's back in the, uh, what, what did you call high tension? Like the, the, uh, the Texas, Texas road, road song. Song massacre <laughs> or something. Uh, I feel like it was around that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You were just having some moments. Well, I, was refer- I believe I was referring to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and kept referring to it as the Texas Roadsaw Massacre. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't know. What is a roadsaw? It was the pandemic. I'm going to use that excuse, but I, I still make these these weird switches sometimes, but it's it's weird. <laughs> I mean, I have low-grade I'm dyslexia, gonna, I'm gonna so get my that's probably part of it, so. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me go get my roadsaw here. But... Uh, yeah, Reddy Harland here. Great job with this. Written by... We got like three writers on here, sort of. We have just the two people who wrote it, which are Brian Thomas um, Hel- Helgeland, who, you know, Oscar-winning screenplays here. Uh, L.A. Confidential and Mystic River. Ever heard of them? And... Oh, uh, those classics, yeah. I, no wonder it's so good. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Ken and Jim Wheat, so I guess we have four here, uh, who, of course, The Silent Scream and The Fly 2, oh, After Midnight, yeah. which we've covered. I love Silent Scream, yeah. and I love After Midnight. The Fly yeah. 2 didn't hold up as well the last time I saw it, but yeah, I'd give it, it another forever. go, maybe. Yeah, yeah. After Midnight's a blast, though. We talked about yeah that oh, back in our... Oh, love After Midnight. Anthology month, whenever that was. Yeah. And... Uh, also, a story credit here by William Kotzwinkel, who I think had just like the big overarching idea, a lot of the art ideas here. 
Um, he's written a bunch of novels, um, including the official novelization of E.T. Extraterrestrial. So there you go. Uh, Who knew? We call that pedigree. Yeah, I think so. Um, so Wes Craven actually presented his own pitch for the fourth film, but the mm. produce, the producers turned it down. Uh, I guess they didn't really like the direction. Uh, let's see. One of them says, um, I approached, uh, I approached Wes for an idea for the fourth film. I always go to Wes first each time. His idea was illogical. They say it was about time travel within dreams that broke all the rules of dreams. We decided not to go with that. When we decided to go with uh, Kotzwinkel's Dream Master idea, which we thought was terrific, I told Wes we were doing that. Uh, again, I'd be interested to hear what the actual pitch was, you know, uh, what this involved yeah. here. But I so, mean, at least yeah. it didn't have the Manson family involved. Well, you say at least, but like, that sounds amazing. Well, <laughs> but okay. I mean, <laughs> is he the Dream Master? Is, is he the Dream Master? Is, is Charles Manson the Dream Master? <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Oh is. my God. <laughs> Charles Manson, the Dream Master. <laughs> it makes oh perfect God, sense. Oh God, this movie though. gets better and better. <laughs> they enter the dreamscape by being like hocked up on drugs <laughs> and, you know, LSD. <laughs> they meet and, the Dream yeah. Master. Yeah. Oh, I'm the dream master, baby. <laughs> yeah, come here, squeaky. <laughs> oh God, I can't even imagine. Can't either. It's too beautiful. So if you think this franchise takes some twists, folks, it could have taken taken even more. You know, twists. Oh yeah, crazy. Wow. Uh, so uh, yeah, Robert Shea. He felt the Craven's idea did not have the impact that the producers were looking for. So um, Craven and his writing partner, Bruce Wagner, were later con- uh, contacted about doing rewrites for the script they ended up with. But they turned down the offer uh, because Craven was like, well, you basically just ignored what I wanted to do anyway. So why would I you know, help you with this one, essentially? Which, yeah, fair, no fair, point. you know. Uh, Brian uh, Hel- Helgeland was at New Line Cinema around Christmas 1987. Um he had a script named Highway to Hell, a pitch that was turned down by them and did not re- get realized until 1992. So the company was desperate to get Nightmare for going here, uh, but they didn't have a script or a director. Um, so they begged Helgeland to have a try at it and come up with a script within two weeks. He went to his parents' house and finished the script within nine days, sent it over to New Line Cinema with FedEx. They, they made sure to note that here. And oh. uh, Helgeland's script was a rewrite of, uh, like I said, William Kotzwinkel's original idea here and his original script. And then we bring in Ken and Jim Wheat uh, for further polishes. So you had like four writers on this movie, which, again, is kind of surprising that it's as good as it is, given how many writers were attached yeah. to this. As we've talked about in the past, like the more writers you add, usually the worse it gets, frankly. Exactly. It just it never has any identity once you add that many in there. It's just mm-hmm. a big old pot of a lot of stuff that doesn't really go together. Totally. Totally. Also, apparently, uh, Tom McLaughlin. Uh, Laughlin? Laughlin? I, I can never remember. How, how do you say his name? The from uh, I think it's uh, Tom McLaughlin. I think. McLaughlin, McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, McLaughlin, I think. Yeah, I can never say it right. Anyway, him. You know, <laughs> uh, Jason Lebs, director, of course, and uh, many other great films um new line offered him the job originally um his one caveat was that he wanted creative control the studio could not adhere to that demand um 
specifically because they had already begun filming without any director. That's crazy that they had begun filming. Um, they had no director. Wait, what, <laughs> how did this happen? Huh? Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Okay, so he has a quote here. He says, when I finished uh, Friday, I was offered Nightmare 4 and went to New Line, met with them. I said, I love Freddy. I would love to do one of these, but I really want to do uh, what I just did where I had creative control. And they go, well, we're already shooting. And he's like, what? Like we just said. And then they're like, yeah, we're already shooting. We're shooting like two different units for the visual effects and something else, puppets or something. <laughs> this is the quote, or something. What the fuck? Uh, um, and he's like, without a director? And they're like, yeah. We kind of know how we're going to make these things, kind of. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, that's not the way I work. Uh, okay, so who knows if this is true or not, but this is, you know, his version of the story. Wait. But <laughs> Wait, what? So they're just like filming like the fucking Roach Motel scene I with like guess. just no idea. Which, did they have a cast? Like, did they know what they, I you know, like, how? They had how? A cast, but I, I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, this is, this is crazy. But eventually. That's the weirdest shit. Eventually, Rennie Harlan gets the job here because he had previously, well, he had, not because, but he had previously directed only two low-budget feature films, which was the Finnish action film Born American and an American horror film Prison in 1987. I haven't seen that one, I don't think, have you? Prison is okie-dokie. Okie-doke, yeah. It's it's not it's not my favorite. It's got yeah. some cool effects, so I can see why they'd be like, "Oh, he can do it." I think right. it had Vigo Mortensen in it. Ah, I think. yeah, it's like one of his early parts, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it was all right. I okay. think I don't okay. remember much about it, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, what else here? So Harlan kind of felt that Freddie had become uh, sort of the James Bond of the series. Um, the one that the audience was rooting for at this point, which I don't totally agree with that, but it's kind of the idea here. He says that uh, we've reached a point where the audience sees Freddy as the hero. They come uh, to these movies to hear his funny lines and see him do these amazing things. And because of that popularity, I am faced with showing Freddy in a more heroic light. It's not really heroic in this, but whatever. Uh, people not will at all, actually. people will still fear him, but they will also be cheering him on. I don't know. I'm not really cheering for yeah, him in this one. I know? mean. I guess this is the one that really broke him into the full-on mainstream, Yeah, I think. Because, like, yeah. once this one was out, they started to have, like, the action figures and the masks and the toys, you know. So, in some ways, he's right. This is the one that sort of made him, like, this almost, like, cuddly kind of pop culture creature. But at the same time, in the movie itself, I don't really get that vibe. Like, yeah, he, he has more jokes, but I think he's as sadistic as he ever was in this one. I think so. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, it's almost like at this point, he's he's killed so many people that he knows he can get away with anything. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to have fun with this one. Like, you know, the other Pretty ones much. were kind of like, I'm going to be really menacing and creepy because I'm still like the boogeyman. But at this point, it's like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I'm on vacation. I'm going to wear my sunglasses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're going to the beach for this one, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because in the first three, I mean, there's some parts in part three that I think are a little more fantastical, yeah. but yeah. really, like, especially the first two, the dream sequences are just surreal enough and just detached from reality enough that it gives you kind of an uneasy f feeling, but mm -hmm. you're still not really sure if it's a dream. It's a little, it still kind of looks like the real world, whereas this is like, oh, we're going to walk into a diner. And all of a sudden, we're in a weird tunnel for some reason, and it's right, like a right. like a like a fucking funhouse, and it's yeah. like it just 
it 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 embraces the kind of surreal nature of dreams a lot more i think right this is like the first one that really goes all the way and just makes it ridiculous and wild and yeah in the way that dreams kind of are he's almost like more of a creepy carnival clown at this point you know yes absolutely less of like the spooky menacing boogeyman and now just kind of like hey kids you know i'm i'm gonna I pull off your nose here and well that's coming up and you know <laughs> oh that's yeah that, that was Freddy versus here. jason yes exactly <laughs> got your nose exactly <laughs> yeah totally so totally. silly yeah Freddie's such a jokester mm-hmm. he's like your your wacky uncle exactly so casting here the role of Kristen Parker in Dream Warriors, which was intended to be played by Patricia Arquette for tonight's performance, will be played by. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was recast uh, oh. with actress Tuesday Night for the sequel here, of course. And uh, pr- producer Sarah Risher said she was disappointed at the time that Arquette could not reprise her role, commenting her as integral uh, to Nightmare 3 and as well liked by the rest of the crew. Well, not by Chuck, as we said, I think, last time. But uh, Yeah. I think she was pr- pregnant, right? Uh, that would make sense. I don't remember like, the time. I, I remember. can't. I can't be, like, flying through Backflips the... Backflips and... Through yeah. the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this says that Patricia Arquette was also fighting the horror genre label, as many actresses have tried to do in the past when they get, you know, pigeonholed turning down a hefty offer to reprise her role, instead favoring more dramatic roles and becoming a respected thespian in Hollywood, in the Hollywood community. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I saw her be in interviewed about it recently, like in the past mm-hmm. few years, and she seemed to really enjoy the movie and the genre. And yeah, I don't, I don't I, know. I didn't get like a vibe. Like I need to move on from this. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the um, hindsight's always twenty twenty two. Like at the time, she might have felt yeah. like she had to move on, but now she's like, "Well, you know, Maybe. I actually really enjoyed that experience, and you know, whatever." Yeah. But who knows? Who can say? So Knight had been the first new actor to be cast for the film, other than the four returnees from the previous film. Um, returning actors Roddy Eastman and Ken uh, Sagos uh, Sagos uh, expressed disappointment that the character of Kristen had to be recast, and uh, the defaulted reunion with former co-star Arquette while Knight on her Knight and her part uh, was admitted to having felt out of place due to the recasting understandable yeah it's a tough spot to be in you know I, I think she commits to it I mean you know it's like she's uh yeah she's trying here I mean it's you know it's 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 yeah it's tough it's tough I I, I you know yeah would I prefer to see Patricia Arquette yes but you know she tries here yeah uh, on auditioning for the role of Alice, Lisa Wilcox recalls that I did a screen test with Tuesday Night, who'd already been cast as Kristen. Uh, we did the scene where we're sitting outside the school talking about having matching luggage. Then I did another screen test with Brooke. <laughs> okay, great. Great background information. Is that there. the scene where Kristen is smoking an unlit cigarette? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't smoke. <laughs> I noticed that last night. She like she lights it, and then there's like nothing coming out of it. It's not even on fire. She's just like, okay, I guess you really do need some sleep because that's not a that's not that's not a lit cigarette, girl. Well, this is Ronald Reagan's America, you know. Just say no. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> oh, so uh, sad. 
why didn't get Freddie doing those those ads? He would have been perfect for it, really. Wasn't there a bit in Fre- Freddie's there dad is. where yeah, they he does do it spoof that? He does do it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because the, the the Johnny Depp I think is back for that one. If I remember, right. yeah, That's he the, shows the up yeah. for for that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Hits him with a frying pan. Right. <laughs> That movie. Very frightening. Very goes, frightening. Boing! Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's like a Looney Tune. My it God. is. I mean, yeah, the whole movie is just, oh. yeah. Roseanne Barr, Tom Arnold here. <laughs> for no reason. Like early on in the movie, if I remember, he's like the Wicked Witch of the West, just like, well, the tornadoes yes. like flying by. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> and then, like, there's that scene where, like, the kid is flying through the air on the parachute and he puts, like, the bed of, like, um, sp- spikes on the road mm-hmm. for him to fall on yeah. to and as he's pushing it he's all like oh, oh, oh. like he's yeah. like he's like really like winded i'm like this is so silly so silly what is the silliness new line oh it's so silly so silly oh god yeah but yeah, over 600 actresses apparently auditioned for this role of alice which eventually went to lisa wilcox as we said so she had previously auditioned for Dream Warriors, which I think I mentioned last week, but failed to get the job. Uh, in Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street legacy documentary, um, Harlan describes that he and the producers were looking for somebody he could make seem timid and vulnerable in the beginning, and who can then, in a believable way, uh, become uh, kind of like Sigourney Weaver in Aliens by the end of it. Um, he... Uh, thought he had found you know, a lot of uh, hardcore tough chicks, but he could never believe they could be weak and vulnerable. Um, then he found a lot of mousy girls. Um, when they tried to be tough and strong, they fell on their face. So Wilcox kind of strikes this balance for you know what they were looking for here, which I could see. I think uh, she does a good job in the beginning of being sort of a, a reluctant hero, you know? Um, yeah. But then by the end of it, she's just like taking names and kicking ass. Uh, these kinds of roles are always the toughest to cast mm-hmm. because you're, you're not just looking for one particular thing you're looking for two things and a lot of people just don't have both of those within them right it's just it's really tough to find that and i think she does a phenomenal job totally and you have the legacy of um heather langenkamp and you know all these other uh great friday the 13th you know final girls and stuff to to live up to at this point so it's it's yeah it's tough you know and uh I, i think absolutely i agree she Definitely rises to the challenge here. What else? What else? What else? Do, 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 do. Okay, nothing too crazy here. All right, well, let's get into the filming then. The creative process was bogged down by the 1988 writer's strike. I always forget that was going on here. Oh, right. Running from March 7th to Mar- oh, August 7th, um, 1988. Um, so that forced Harlan and the producers to improvise much during the filming. Uh, Lisa Wilcox and Andros Jones wrote uh, their own dialogue for Alice and Rick after the death of Kristen while watching their old home videos, such as, I saw oh, it happen, wow. happen in a dream. So that's a fun little tidbit. Oh, interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. And a lot of the nightmare scenes were made up by Harlan, apparently, rather than what was actually in the writer's script. Which I could see. I mean, they're kind of random at times. Like, I mean, they do sort of tap into their fears, but uh, turning into a cockroach is a little, you know, where does that come from? I mean, it, other than like Kafka metamorphosis I mean, type shit here. 
that's Debbie's fear. She's like, why is there a bug on my... I guess. W- w- what is it? It's like a peach or something? What the fuck was that thing? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The way that scene... St- we'll get to it, but it's like it, it seems like it's going to be something more about, you know, just her obsession with her body and everything else. And I, I guess in a way it yeah. is because she turns into a fucking cockroach. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's definitely a turn. It's still body horror. Yeah, it's still body sort, horror, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the junkyard set from Dream Warriors, of course, makes a return here. This uh, was conceptualized by the production designer, Mick Strawn, uh, who worked as art director and handled effects on the previous film. Strawn also came up with the truck crash scene and the kaleidoscope hallway sequence. Um, Ooh. Yeah. The junkyard is the only set used in more than one film. That's crazy. Of all the... I mean, what about the house? Like, yeah, what about the house? Are they, I guess they're not including that. <laughs> I don't know what they're I talking guess. about. I don't know. Interesting. Like, fuck that house. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> even, though, even though they're like, this is where he lives. Does he? Does he live there? Right. Does he really? <laughs> does 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 he pay rent? Does he have a mortgage? I don't I don't think he does. <laughs> oh. And, uh, you know, also in that Never Sleep Again documentary, which... Folks, hopefully you've seen it at this point because it's it's amazing. Oh, it's wonderful. It's so good. If you um, love the franchise, check it out. It's yeah, you got to watch terrific. it, you know, you know. Uh, Rachel uh, uh, Talalay recounted meeting um, Renly Harland and James Cameron. Um, and Cameron was like, so, uh, well, he was just curious how Freddy is resurrected by dog, by dog, you know, pissing and, and fire coming up. You know, I, and, uh, you know understandable, you know. I would have some questions. <laughs> I mean, if I were to read the script, I'd be like, "Oh, is this is this a first first draft?" Or right. Are we gonna. Right. Oh, we're gonna keep that. Okay. Okay. Fine. All right. Cool. But it, it is very emblematic of this like a uh, uh, MTV era thing here, where you would flip on the music videos, and the music videos were so wild, and it didn't seem like it had yeah. anything to do with what was going on in the songs, but it would just no. get your attention. And the idea was that like, if something looked crazy on screen no matter what you were doing when you're flipping past channels you would want to watch it and then you'd be absolutely hooked, you know and that was the idea and i could yeah. it's it i could see kind of like that happening the idea with this movie too it's like if you flip past and you see this giant fucking cockroach you're gonna be like what the fuck i gotta watch this movie you i know? mean yeah there's maybe like three or four scenes that are fairly straightforward the yeah. rest of it i yeah. feel like if you were to come calm upon it on tv you'd be like oh what the hell is this yeah. This looks really really cool i gotta, what is, I gotta stick what around is this yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah just because the show like you said this last time too but just how like mtv sort of influenced this movie and particularly out of all of them i think has had the, the biggest kind of effect on it but yeah uh Let's see. Music score by Craig uh, Safan, 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 and uh, what else is he? He's done a lot of other things. That, that's a, you know talking about these composers. Sometimes they they've done like a million other things. But he did like uh, the Last Starfighter and um, Stand and Deliver, Fade Fade to Black. There you go. Yeah, Fade to Black's a goodie. Yeah, music for Cheers, the TV series. There you go. Ah, who do, 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 do. I, I doubt he actually wrote that but i mean <laughs> probably not. or did he i don't know, I don't know. I, who knows i don't have the time to look this up folks this is not cheers podcast know. go look it up we, we, we don't have time okay we're we're, we're not going to be discussing shelly long here no, we should but no. we're not yeah stay tuned shelly long should be the dream master oh god yeah 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 she's still in a triumphant comeback i think so absolutely that would be terrific yeah wow wow there's so many options I for know, this it's a lot to part, think about you know? i know <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> it's exciting 
Oh, oh God. Even better, the Dream Master changes shape so you can bring everybody in. Okay, okay. Tilda, she- Shelly, yeah, all Je- of them. Jennifer Tilly, why not? You know? Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> Meg Tilly, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck not? <sighs> so many, man. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a dream. Yeah, you know? yeah. Anything can happen. Right. Man. Once again, they never ask us for our opinion, but they don't. It's really a shame. <laughs> really I think they should shame. start because we have ideas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that could get them in the 21st century. Absolutely. We know what the people want. We always do. We always do. So August 19th, 1988. I'm still not born yet, but I'm getting close here. <laughs> I was born in uh, <laughs> almost uh, there. Almost there. I was born in August. Uh, I would have been in conception here. I was born in um, October that year. But yeah, uh, let's oh, see. So yeah, you're you're around, just kicking in around. a belly. Yeah, I'm kicking around. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, August nineteenth, nineteen eighty eight. Like I said, ranked number one in its opening weekend, grossing uh, close to thirteen million dollars here, which is a pretty good little opening weekend here. Uh, for the second weekend, the film still ranked number one, and uh, it was it just kind of kept going for a while here. And um, let's see, what did we ultimately gross here? The film grossed almost fifty million dollars at the U.S. box office, which is um, it was the nineteenth highest grossing film of nineteen eighty eight, which is not bad. Um, it was the highest grossing Nightmare on Elm Street film until Freddy vs. Jason in two thousand three. Um, wow! Yeah. It is currently the third highest grossing film in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I don't know if that's adjusted for inflation or not. Probably. Yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah. I always assumed this was like the most successful one, but I... I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always hard to tell with inflation. I remember when that... include the remake and stuff? And Yeah, that is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh... I remember when the, when the new Scream movie came out, there were all these reports about like how it had made more money than the original. And I'm like, yeah, but the original, like it cost $5 to see a movie and it costs like 11, yeah. 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, to see a movie these days. So like exactly. you can't really compare that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people ever really take that into account. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, you know, yeah. Like a movie that would have made, you know, 30 mil in 1996, um, wouldn't seem like as much now as like you know a movie that makes you know a hundred mil right but once you start to think about the tickets it's like oh that's and we never find out how much these movies are making on streaming either which is like kind of frustrating because it's like you never get a a really accurate (laughs) sense of this you know i mean are they making i don't know maybe even know you would would think they'd have to make something but like i don't know like you know um, like if know. net if Netflix buys the rights to show it for like you know a few months, like is it just like a flat fee? Yeah. Or is it like per minute streamed? You get yeah. like three cents. I don't know. Nobody really knows. It's very confusing. No, it's it's very yeah elusive. I think this was part of the the SAG strike. They they wanted to make sure you're getting more residual money, as, particularly if something was popular on streaming. And I think the actors right. are supposed to be getting more now. But yeah, I I don't I don't know. It is very confusing. Um, but yeah, it's always hard to get a sense now of like, just because something fails at the box office, like it, it, I don't, I never know. Like, like, like Saltburn was a box office bomb. Right. But then I see it's right. everywhere, you know, right now it's on because they're oh, yeah. streaming it on, uh, it was streaming basically for free. If you have a, well, it's not free, but you have to have mm-hmm. a prime, but it's like 
on it's everywhere and it's like so Prime, yeah. did that movie actually end up making money or like we don't know so who knows i don't know yeah because with the, just the whole like pop culture zeitgeist of yeah. it i mean it's 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 really done incredibly well right, right. Um, and the, the merchandise, I'm sure, like people are buying, you know, shit. I think you can buy his like bathwater and a candle like or something. Now. <laughs> cum scented candle. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. no, thank you. No, th- I'm, good. I'm, good. I'm good. I am all right <laughs> without that. He's everywhere right now, Ugh. too. You know, Jason, uh, or what's his name? Al- Alardi? Alardi? What can I think of his yeah, name? Yeah. I've yeah. only seen him in a few things. I'm yeah. not like He's okay. obsessed. He's fine. But, you know, um, yeah. I'm glad y'all have a new little heartthrob or yeah. whatever yeah yay <laughs> enjoy your life <laughs> go drink his bath water if you want to right right i'm good <laughs> <laughs> uh where were we we were back to the it came out the release it, it, it is, made money it made money critical reception mixed but not super negative here at 53 percent which considering the movies we've talked hey. about in the past not bad not bad at all. I would have expected lower. Um, not because I don't like the movie, but just I thought it would. It's the fourth in the franchise, and you think they would have been bored by this point. But yeah, and these are always retrospective reviews mixed in here too, so it's hard to hard to say. That's true. The I, I doesn't have any information about like the original consensus here, but um, the, I mean the consensus right now is that it marks a relative high point in this franchise's bumpy creative journey. Although the original remains far superior. Well, is anyone like debating that? Like no one's, you know, I, I guess some people yeah. do, but I, I mean, the original some is, would, is fucking yeah. perfect, but whatever. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where like, I feel like a lot of people put dream warriors as number one mm-hmm. for some reason, just like out of default. Yeah. But I'm like, what about the original? Like it's, it is a better movie than dream warriors. Technically. I love dream warriors. I yeah. love it. But part one is still got my heart. Yeah. Mike, I don't know. Controversial ranking here after watching this one again. Uh, one, probably. Well, definitely. And then I love New Nightmare. Maybe it's just me. It, it's, I it, too. It, it's I hard. love it. it. It's hard to rank it among the other ones because it is such a different like meta thing. But I love it. I, I think it's but great. It's so good. It's so good. And then it's really so smart. It's so good. It's so smart. Yeah, it, it just it, it influenced so many things that came after with all the screen movies and all the meta shit that was going on there. And and. And then, like, honestly, I'm probably tied for, like, three and four. Like, I, I just think they're both yeah, really same. great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think same. Probably great. So, I don't know. And then five, of course, and then six. Blow that. Yeah. But. Yeah. But. Uh, but what, what, yeah. What, what about two? Oh, I forgot about two. Yeah, I don't know where to put two. <laughs> where are you going to? I don't know yeah. either. <laughs> two, man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I. I guess above five. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I, I get. We'll yeah, see. I, I mean, have to revisit five. I really don't know. It's been a hot yeah. take, so we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I guess yeah. we can't really give a definitive ranking until we yeah. wrap this bitch up. Wrap this bitch know. up. Oh, sounds like a fre- Freddy line. <laughs> Prime time, bitch. Wrap this bitch wrap. up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take her to go. <laughs> <laughs> can I have a diet coke with that? <laughs> Ooh, with my soul food. <laughs> God, how sweet fresh meat <laughs> with a chocolate frosty, please. <laughs> I want to dip my meatball in the frosty. <laughs> oh, Rick, so good, <laughs> sir. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> 
and a shot of that little creepy girl with the red hair on the side. She's got good soul. God, that's a goofball. (laughs) Freddy, save some for your comedy set at the improv later. Come on. Giving away all your good material, Fred. And then he just he pulls open the burger and it's like, where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> he would. He, he would. would. <laughs> of course. He would. Yeah. Big beef man. Such a Karen. <laughs> Such a Karen. Oh, he was like the original Karen here, yeah. Always uh <laughs> Yeah. Although I wish I wish Karen's had more more jokes sometimes. They're they're, they're not fun people. Yeah. Oh, I know. Th- that's what's so appalling about them is that, you know, they have no sense of humor. Right. There's nothing worse than someone that doesn't have any sense of humor. You're just yeah. like, are you a human? Yeah. How do you survive? You know, I-, I just don't get it. They're so miserable in their own lives that they have to take it out on other people. Yeah. And that's just really sad. Yeah. It's like, it's your fault you got that horrible haircut, Karen. Like, no, just no, 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 nobody was begging you put to on that. a wig or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Wear a hat. Yeah, come on. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> don't take it out on the food service industry folks okay like they're going through enough (laughs) we're sorry your husband ricky ricardo got upset that you spent a lot of money last week but like you know just move on with your life here (laughs) ricky would always get really upset like lucy you spent how much on that dress Mm -hmm. well ricky i want to be in the show and i i I wanted to wear this (laughs) 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 ricky And then he'd be like, bend over, I'm going to spank you. He'd be like, what? What is this? <laughs> Do you remember that? Where like there's an episode where yes. he's like, bend over, and yeah. he starts like spanking her. I'm like, that's a grown ass woman, yeah. Ricky. What is this? Is this about to get pornographic? Is and, this like foreplay? What well, is this? Yeah, and then they'd go to their separate ba- beds and jerk off. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, the 50s. I think that was a lost episode. I don't know. <laughs> Lucy, <laughs> Lucy p- pleases herself. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Ethel comes in and she's like, "Why, Lucy Ricardo? What are you doing?" <laughs> she's like, like uh, "I'm just having my vitamin of veg, vitamin of veg b- 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 before bed." <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> I'm hmm. beating my vita beta Benjamin. <laughs> Well, Fred's never done that for me. <laughs> Won't even let me get a new dress, cheapskate. <laughs> Fred comes in with his fucking pants all the way up to his tits, and he's like, you know, he's like, well, if you did that, did that every now and then, Ethel, I'd buy you a new dress. <laughs> And that's how they learn to be sexually open and free. Yes. Hence the Do y'all six. remember that episode? It was a good one. <laughs> really and then good. We segue into Charles Manson in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy joins a cult. Lucy joins a cult. <laughs> God, why did she never join a cult? That would have oh, been so been funny. So good. So good. Oh, man. <laughs> uh. Uh. Not, not not as not as adventurous back then as they they were in the eighties here. Yes, not. You know? I guess not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
And I feel like pop culture just kind of peaked in the like 70s, 80s, early, mid 90s here, you know? I, 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 and yeah. It's like, and then we kind of regressed. Not in every way. I think, you know, we have, well, it's great that we have more diversity and everything on screen, but in a lot of other ways, it's like, ugh. Yeah. It's a little more niche now. You know, yeah. everyone has their own niche. Like, and I started to notice it, especially with like the Netflix categories. Mm-hmm. It would be like, you know, male driven crime thrillers with musical numbers and a satirical heart. And you're like, what the fuck? How many movies have that? I don't know. Apparently, at least like a few dozen. Yeah, but the all cost, know, it's like this like very niche. They all cost like five dollars to make, and the script was written by yeah. like somebody's brother. But you know, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah. It's, it, you're right. They're all like all these I mean, whole mini genres now. <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. I think with with you know at least up until you know maybe the early two thousands when you know th- 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 things just completely changed. Yeah, I think we were all kind of brought together by a, lo- a lot of the same things because yeah. we mm-hmm. all had tv and we all kind of saw the same shows and the same movies and it was the thing things were much smaller in that sense we just we, we just had a smaller pool of stuff to to see so everyone kind of saw the same stuff you know you you would see the same com- com- commercials mm-hmm. these days i don't know what commercials are out there because i don't really watch that stuff so i don't know um yeah. so it's i think it's become like a little more I- isolating Maybe I feel like everyone's kind of on their own little island. Right. And uh, yeah, in some ways it's okay because you're getting stuff made specifically for you now nowadays. But yeah. uh, but in other ways, it's like, like I said, it costs like $5 to make and it's usually not that great. I mean, sometimes you get something that's like yeah. pretty good, but it, it yeah, it's, it seems rarer. Um, and of course, the whole political aspect of, you know, we're all off on our islands with that too. And nobody's talking to each other about anything right. and we're all polarized. So, oh, the internet. What a time. <clears throat> yeah. I think the last thing that really brought us together was like Tiger King. Probably. That brought yeah. so many pe- people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really did a good public service with that show. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> Everybody was watching. I mean, yeah, we were trapped in our homes, but that yeah. that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> so maybe it was really COVID that brought us together for like a minute for a, and for then like two seconds apart again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay. Shame. Where do, where do we go? Is we, this... we 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 came so close, <laughs> <sighs> but in the end, it didn't even matter. But uh, oh, oh well, we could have had it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Could have been so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Bring it back to Tiffany we here. Could have. <clears throat> well, it all goes back to her. Yeah. Oh. I'm yeah. surprised she's not on the soundtrack of this. She seems like she. Oh, yeah, it would fit in, in this world. Here. It's like a little scene of them at like the mall and she's like yeah. just, you know, perf- performing for the kids. And then yeah. she like turns into for Freddy. Oh, the soundtrack. The soundtrack's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful. One of the best. Yeah. That's another thing. We, we pretty much stopped having great soundtracks in horror movies, but bring it back. I miss it. I mean, this was one of the first big ones. I mean, yeah, it, the, it. the first three don't really, I mean, they, they have a few little songs. I mean, of course, you know, dream warriors on yeah. part three, mm-hmm. but this one, it's like jam packed. Like there's right. Blondie on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty fantastic. Yeah, Go West has a theme Go song. West. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of your dreams. <laughs> oh yeah, God, it's so inspiring. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Go West. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna be afraid of my dreams. I will not. Oh, I will not. The amount of times I play that at full blast in my car is very pathetic. <laughs> I'm like, it just gets me worked up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going for battle. 
and I'm just like going to Dunkin' Donuts, but I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get two donuts today. I'm gonna go for my dreams. Go west. I'm gonna do it. Chase those dreams, dream master. And then there's like the um the instrumental version of that when like Alice is like pre- preparing to like go fight. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. Like she's like sticking on the the the, the little studded um uh. bracelet and pulling her hair back yeah yeah just like yeah go get it taking those pictures down from the mirror yeah alice go get him right yeah i miss soundtracks good times good times i do too um but anyway here uh briefly los angeles times they liked it they said uh it is by far the best of the series wow the best of the series wow Look at High you, praise. Kevin Thomas here. A superior horror, horror picture that balances wit and gore with imagination and intelligence. Intel- okay, well, it very effectively mirrors the anxieties of the teenage audience for which it is primarily intended. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, I would agree I with that. Like this, that. This is a very, like the original is a movie about teenagers, but it also feels kind of like an adult movie at the same time. Whereas this one, I feel like is very, mm-hmm. like, this is made for teenagers, I feel like, which, and it really sort of talks. Yeah it doesn't talk down to them. I think it's just, it, it shows them just to sort of as they, as they are. But uh, yeah, I think the, 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 it, it feels very teen oriented, but yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We don't got anything from Roger Ebert here that I can see. He might've talked about it on the show at some point, but uh, uh, it's not listed on here. Unfortunately, maybe he had given up on nightmare by this point. He didn't like the previous one. So, you know, Oh, that's right. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have liked this one either. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, Raj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, probably some other critic stuff. But again, who gives a shit? So what's going on <laughs> in this movie? <laughs> They're all dead. They're all dead. Um, so, uh, Kristen is having some dreams again. Oh, boy, is she. She's walking around in a nightgown, going up to the Elm Street house. And there's like a little kid drawing a little chalk sidewalk thing. And she's all like, whose house is this? And the little girl's like oh that's freddy's house ha ha he's not home and then she shows that she's drawn freddy in the window and then she starts raining she's like oh i guess i gotta go in great so she goes into the house and then a window uh explodes in her face and she goes like flying Mm -hmm. (laughs) like down into the basement right and now it's like in the boiler room and she's all like, oh, no, Kincaid, Joey, come and help me. And Kincaid, like, wakes up and he's like, what is that? And his dog is like, what's wrong with you? And then all of a sudden he just, like, flies through his wall and then ends up in the boiler room as well. And then Joey shows up, too. And Kristen's all like, oh, thank God. I was concerned that Freddy was back. And they're like, you got to stop this shit. Okay, we want sleep. For, for Freddy's dead. He's gone. And she's like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, um, the uh, the the dog Jason mm-hmm. pops out from the boiler and bites her, mm-hmm. and she wakes up and she sees that you know she's she's got blood there, and Kincaid wakes up and sees that Jason, his dog, has blood. I don't know how Jason the dog got dragged in because Kristen didn't call for him, so I, I don't know if it's just like I don't know dream logic but Chris <laughs> I'm not going to think about it because <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> I'm not gonna think about it. it was the writer's strike <laughs> okay I don't know. yeah there's um, that there's that yeah. Rennie was like what if we had a dog that bit Kristen and they're like sure <laughs> sure why not? and um 
And so, uh, yeah, they all wake up. They're like, yay, uh, we're not dead. And Kristen drives to her boy boyfriend Rick's home um, where he lives with his sister Alice, who's kind of the sort of shy wallflower type, dresses very kind of, you know, matronly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and their father, who is clearly had a few bloody... Mary's already and kind of criticizes the kids a lot. Rick like sneaks out through his window because it's avoid all contact day. Right. Of course. Every parent on the street is either a giant fucking lush or just like totally emotionally closed off and, you know, uh, or both, you know, a combination of both. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) It's a package deal over on Elm street. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's clear that their home life is a little, you know, a little sketch. Mm-hmm. And they get to school, and that's when we meet Debbie, who is like this. She works out a lot. That's kind of her main thing. She works yeah. out, mm-hmm. and she doesn't do her trig homework because she's too busy watching Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and but Soaps then there's Sheila. You. Soaps will kill you. Oh yes, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sheila is like a is like this smart kid who has asthma, who is friends with Debbie. Who like agrees to do like I guess her homework for her I guess I yeah. don't know or like help yeah. help her out and Debbie helps her out because these asshole jock guys are all like hey baby you're sucking on the wrong nozzle and she's like oh needle dick I bet you're the only male here that has penis envy <laughs> and they're like ha 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 so they're clearly friends you know they protect each other and it, it's yeah. good to see it's good to see women supporting women oh, absolutely. I like that. This whole movie it's is... It's kind of heartwarming, isn't it? I like yeah, it. the whole movie is women support. I mean, when Alice really and Kristen become friends here, they're very supportive of each other. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And see, Alice has a habit of daydreaming, and she sees this guy named Dan, who's like this new guy, who's like this really hot jock dude, mm-hmm. and she daydreams that like he wa- wa- walks up, and earlier Debbie said, oh, that's Dan. He's a major league hunk. And so... Alice in her little day daydreams like, you know, you are one major league hunk. And then she wakes up and they're all like, are you daydreaming again? And she's like, sorry. Yeah, that's what I do. And then Kristen is confronted by Joey and Kincaid. They're like, what happened last night? Why did you bring me in? And she's like, I'm sorry. I just thought that like maybe Freddie was back. And and um, and they start to talk about the dog and Kincaid. Kincaid is like my dog's like me <laughs> like you drag him in in into your dreams and he gets wild mm-hmm. and um so yeah they're all just like let's just put this behind us and then Rick comes and then takes her away and stuff and then as they leave the hallway once again I know it's dream logic but everyone's awake right so why is there a humongous Freddy Claw across a row of lockers. What is that? Yeah, yeah. That's some weird, questions, right? Some questions there. Absolutely. Very, very odd. Um, but then, like you know, Alice is back home. She's doing her um her dishes and stuff, and Rick is doing his karate in the uh in the garage, I guess. And their dad comes home, and he's like, just you know, he's already a drunk, drunk, drunken mess. It's been a long day, and they bring him some food, and he's all like, "You call this food after a ten-hour workday? What am I, a rabbit?" And Alice has another 
daydream where she like she walks over, she grabs the plate and smashes it. She's like, "Yeah, I don't want to watch you drink your life away and take it out on me." <laughs> and it turns out it's just another daydream, and her dad is still just a jerk and stuff. And yeah, um, and in the meantime, poor Kincaid is just like chilling out in his room, and he goes to sleep. And when he wakes up, he is in the back of a car. He is in a trunk. He breaks out, and he is in the the junkyard that we saw from Dream Warriors, where mm-hmm. Freddy was buried. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh crap!" And Jason the dog is in there, and he's like trying to dig up this thing. And Kincaid's like, "What are you doing?" And J- Jason's all like, Rawr! "He's all like mad and stuff." And then he pees, and his pee is like a flamethrower that just starts this weird c- circle thing, and the um like everything sort of opens up and freddy's bones like reconnect and like he grows his skin back and all that stuff and he gets his hat and his claw and he shows back up and he chases kincaid around and finally gets him and stabs him in the stomach and he dies for real and it's really sad yeah it's depressing very sad um and then joey is just you know watching some mtv chilling out on his waterbed and he's admiring this picture of this like you know centerfold model mm-hmm. and all of a sudden his bed starts a rocket and he's like what is this and he opens um he 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 rip, rips off the covers and sees that underneath his waterbed this model is swimming and she's like completely naked and mm-hmm. she's like hey hey mm-hmm. and then she disappears and then freddy pops out and does the whole, you know, houses for a wet dream. Mm-hmm. And then slices him up and he dies too. Yep. Very. And it's like, why? It's rude. Evocative of the uh, Johnny Depp death from the original, but with like a different spin on it here. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And then like his mom comes in the next day and is like, Joey, would you pick up your stuff? And then she rips open the waterbed and she sees him like underneath it, you know, in the water and she screams and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how they would explain that death either. Like, how did he get in there? You know, you know, I think when, uh, when the bed is a rocking, you should just, should just not come in a knocking, you know, uh, and that's the, that's what she learned. That's what she learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this film has many a lesson, many layers. And, uh, then, you know, uh, Alice, um, shows up at school and talks to Kristen who's smoking or is she because it's not lit yeah. and um <laughs> and she's all like oh you didn't get much sleep we've got matching l- luggage and she's like what she's like oh the bag's under your eyes and she's all stressed out and mm-hmm. she's like she doesn't really know why and so she goes to class Kristen does and discovers mm-hmm. that Joey and Kincaid are not in their seats and she's like oh my god I knew it he got them and she mm-hmm. freaks the fuck out and Rick is like trying to rest- restrain her and somehow she's like I don't even know if he throws her against the wall or she throws herself against the wall, but it like mm. knocks her out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and when she wakes up, there's like a nurse with some smelling salts who looks mm. an awful lot like Robert England. Yeah. And she thinks nothing of this at first. And she's all like, Oh, hello dear. You just need, need to get some rest. But then she turns around and she has like janky teeth and then starts bleeding from her nurse's outfit and turns around and she's Freddy. We, and we talked and about like, that was like something they had considered using for the, the previous movie too. Only like he would have had breasts and you know, that they still didn't go, oh, quite, yeah. didn't go quite that far for this one, but yeah, no, 
And then he shows up and he's all like, I want to draw some blood. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. like, no. And then she wakes up and there's an actual nurse there. And she's all like, it's okay, dear. Right. And Um, Alice and um, Kristen have had some discussion about the dream master. Right. And we we, we still don't know what that is. But there has been a discussion about this like nursery rhyme thing that is there. (laughs) Alice basically tells her like, have you tried when you have a bad dream talking to the dream master? And Chris Mm -hmm. is like, the fuck is the dream master? Right. And she's like it's like a rhyme i can't remember it completely but basically just realize you're dreaming and dream yourself into someplace nice right Mm -hmm. it's like nice try alice i don't know if many people can do that um it is a skill and uh yeah so then they decide to go and check out the house i guess at some point they go see the house um the for 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 freddy house Mm mm-hmm um, with Dan, Dan has come along because he's Rick's friend yeah. and they're explaining the whole past of Freddie and what happened. And Kristen's mom shows up and is like, get away from that house on delay on delay <laughs> and just leaves. And so Kristen goes back home and has dinner with her mom, who's just like, all you need to do is eat. And um, all of a sudden she starts to feel really weird. She's like, what's going on? And she realizes like her drink has been drugged by her mom who just wants her to get some, some sleep. And she's like, Oh my God, what have you done? And she runs upstairs as she's like, you know, about to pass out. And she's just like, I'm going to dream someplace fun, dream someplace fun. And then she passes out and she wakes up and she's on a beach. And she's like, ah, oh, thanks Alice. There we go. <laughs> but there's this little girl there who's creepy making a sandcastle and she's like hello and she's like hi and then all of a sudden this like freddy claw in the shape of like a shark fin in the Mm. water comes comes out and goes like out of the water onto the land and into the sandcastle and the sandcastle explodes and here he is so kristen's like i gotta run she tries to run but the sand is turned into quicksand and freddy's He's got his little glasses on, little sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And he's like steps on on her head and she goes underneath the sand and he's all like, ha 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 ha. And she ends up like on the ceiling of the Elm Street house. Yeah. And she's just like crawling. And then she goes back into the basement and she decides to drag Alice into her dream. You know, bad move. Bad move. And so Alice shows up. And she's like, what the fuck is this place? Right. And Freddie's like, how sweet fresh meat and then he grabs Kristen and throws her into like a pit of like fiery mm-hmm. oil or some shit. Yeah. And then her soul is like absorbed into Freddie's chest, but then a part of it pops out of his chest and goes into Alice. And it's like, she's absorbed a piece of Kristen. Well, didn't, didn't she have some line too about like, you'll need my power. And then she like throws yeah. the power at it or something. I don't She She does on? throw the power. Yeah. 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 It's a little, little, little uh, cheesy. You'll there. need my power, power, power. <laughs> do, you, do you know. Pretty fun. <laughs> if, do you think if Patricia Arquette had come back, they would have just kept her as the final girl? Or it seems like this was planned like with switching halfway through here, I, but I don't know. I really think that this is one thing I love about this movie is that it, it, uh, it's very playful in a kind of a sadistic way mm-hmm. where you assume, okay, here's the three survivors from the last one. They're going to make it right. And then in the first 30 minutes, they're all dead. Yeah, true. And, and it's just like, it's such a pull the rug out kind kind of a thing that a lot of movies don't have the guts to do. Yeah. And so it's never bothered me in the way that I think it bothers a lot of other 
people who just love the characters so much. I love them too, but yeah. I think the way they do it really raises the stakes to such an extent where you're you're really not sure who's going to survive this. Yeah. Because even then, you know, like Rick kind of seems like he might be sort of on his way to surviving and then he's killed really soon after this too. So you're just like, dear God, like, is anyone going to survive this? You know? Yeah. So it kind of has this dangerous feeling because of what they do. And I, I do like that a lot. I could see that. It's, yeah. It's kind of like when they, uh, when, when they killed, um, Randy and scream in, in scream too. I love that. I think that's brilliant. I thought that was the smartest thing they could ev- ever do because it just makes you go, Oh shit. Like anyone is going to be fair game now. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. That's fair. That's, that, fair. that's so. fair. I'm, I'm mixed on it, but it doesn't it doesn't bug me like as much as it seems to bug some people. To me, it's a little like we're just yeah. gonna sweep all these people under the care under. We don't really know what to do with them anymore, so just throw them away and let's start with these new characters. Like it kind of feels like the writer yeah. was like the writer's like I really want to put my own spin on this and I want my own characters and everything else. So let's yeah. just I'm gonna do my own thing and these people that that's cool they did this but bye. <laughs> It's sort of like when like a new management comes into some place and they're like, we're going to take away everything that the previous right. man managers did because this is my turn. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then Alice wakes up and she's all like, oh, my God, we've got to get to Kristen. And so they they get they they get to her house, her and Rick. And there's a big fire going on in her room and they rush in with her mom and her mom is like a fucking mess like she she's just like ah, Kristen, yeah. ah, As because her entire room is on fire yeah. and Kristen mm-hmm. is a flame and she is a goner she is completely gone Emma, what's the song a burning it's an sad. eternal flame yeah bangles it's okay. lovely thank you that's thank beautiful you. i'm trying to get all the 80s hits in for this one it's an mtv <laughs> why <movie>, was <laughs> that not on the soundtrack I know, I know. during this moment yep oh uh-huh. And so, like, Rick feels really bad about it. Like, he feels like he should have been, been there. And they're watching old home movies with the gang and remembering better times when they were all alive, you know. <laughs> Good times. And, yeah, when everyone was still alive <laughs> and healthy before Freddy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Alice is like, well, here's the thing. Like, it's really weird. She pulled me into her dream. And now I feel kind of different. Like, I just feel kind of kind of odd. Um, because previously she's, she's, she took away a picture from her mirror. Cause she, she has this mirror in her bedroom that she's covered completely with pictures of her friends and family. So she can never see herself. And as each person dies, she removes one of their pictures. Cause it's like a metaphor or something. I don't know. Cause, cause she's changing and growing and finally seeing herself, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, like Rick has tried to teach her karate. It hasn't worked well. She killed a fish. <laughs> um, and uh, and so now they're all like, what's going to happen? And unfortunately, Sheila has just built this device for Debbie that uh, emits some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of um, decibel that will scare bugs away. And um, and she 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 tells this to Alice in the bathroom the next day and then she leaves and then all of a sudden Alice pulls out a cigarette and she's like, wait, I don't smoke. What's going on? And then they have a test in class. And for some reason, the teacher in this, I've always remembered her 
Mm-hmm. She's like one line, but I think she delivers it so well. She 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 just goes like, "You have fifty minutes, so good luck and go for it." <laughs> I don't know why I just always think about that line. Um, and good so they start her. to take. Yeah, I love it. I love an over eager day player. <laughs> I love it so much. Mm-hmm. She commits to it. She gets her spotlight, and she's wonderful. Yeah, and uh, so they're taking the test, and I guess they haven't gotten enough sleep, so they they fall asleep, and the the equations on the test just start going crazy like they're going all around the page and Sheila's like what is going on and then her pen starts to drip blood and there's like this writing that comes up this like learning is fun with Freddie and she like she puts her hand in the blood and somehow like it dissolves the desk and then her creation that she made for Debbie turns into like this big like bug antenna thingy that like goes on her face face and she's all like ah and alice is like help us but everyone's like like asleep or something this is great because this is like every math test i ever took in high school you know this, this exact oh, same absolutely. sequence you know it's great i mean there have been there were definitely times when i wish that a big bug thing could have just crushed my face mm-hmm, during mm-hmm. a math test because it would have been more preferable Pleasant, to actually yeah. t- t- taking the test sometimes dead is um, better <laughs> isn't that the truth judd isn't that the <laughs> truth and uh and so then Freddie shows up at the desk, just eating an apple. And he walks over to Sheila and is all like, you want to suck face? And she's like, no. And he just like gra- grabs her and starts mm-hmm. like sucking the life out of her until she just turns into like this deflated ragdoll thing. Which like, and once again, isn't like, this, you flunk. Wasn't this kind of what they were supposed to do for the previous movie with um, blank in our name? What's her name? The, uh, the, uh, the, the, oh, Taryn. Taryn, Taryn, yeah, blank. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So maybe they were like, we 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 can't get it right for this one, but maybe for the next one. Right, right. And they fucking did it. This is a great effect. Yeah, it's so cr- creepy looking. And then Alice wakes up, and Sheila's having like this asthma attack, and everyone's like trying to help her. Alice goes over to her but she's stopped by some sort of invisible force that just like pushes her yeah and she's all like did you see him he was in the room and they're all like uh no crazy lady we did not <laughs> and then the rest of them the, the rest of the survivors are just like watching sheila be wheeled out and alice is is, is like i was in the dream it was freddie and debbie's like enough of that crap like we need to fight him you know yeah and so basically they all think Alice is going nuts and she feels bad because she basically dragged Sheila into her dream. So she feels res- responsible and she like has a little meltdown and like runs away and Rick's all like, I guess I got to go talk to her. It looks like we're all going to die. Right. Um, and then unfortunately, uh, Rick is the next one to go yeah but it's a great dream sequence Unfortunately. i love it i love him it. it's like, a really good scene one of my like probably top five you know of the all the dream sequences is great i love it it's really good i mean he starts off like because um he's like i think in like gym class or something and, mm-hmm. and he goes to like take a crap um and then all of a sudden like all these cheerleaders come in mm-hmm. and start like be, being like oh rick oh. and then he sees alice watching him and he's like what's going on there and then she leaves and Kristen's there. She's out by the mirror and, she, and she's all like, hi, Rick. And then she turns around and her face is all like cooked from the yeah. whatever, like the acid bath that she, that she had or whatever. And then the door closes and it turns into like an elevator. Mm-hmm. 
and it just goes down and down and down and then the doors open and it's like this like asian inspired karate um, dojo type karate thing. room yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> with like fog everywhere yeah, it's mm-hmm. really really neat yeah and freddy is invisible so he's like fighting rick but rick can't see him so he's yeah. all like ah oh, you're a chicken freddy so you can only see the glove and then all of a sudden he kind of gets a second wind and starts like kicking the crap out of freddy but freddy gets the upper hand because he's got the glove and he just goes and hits him right in the stomach yeah and alice has passed out in class again and just starts screaming when she wakes up and then all the windows just explode in the classroom for some reason yeah. i don't know. i guess she also has telekinesis i don't know but it's cool because it's like it taps into like a lot like you see a lot of what's going on in his mind in that one little sequence because it's like this yeah. insecurities with girls like all the girls around him and then mm-hmm. like um all the stuff with Kristen. like he's got a lot of guilt from that yeah. and then like but he still likes karate so like that's part of it too and it's just like it taps on like mm-hmm. all these things are going on in his mind at the same time which is it's cool. It does. I like that. It's and it's just really sad because then you know they all go to the funeral, and um, and Alice has a daydream where Rick pops out of the cal- coffin and he's like, "Hello, baby," mm-hmm. and he's like, "Why? Why are you sad?" Like yeah. it was just a big joke to fool Freddy, and Alice is like, "No more daydreams. I'm not gonna do it anymore." And he's like, "Okay, well, I'll see you later. Bye." And just goes in the coffin. It's like super sad, yeah. and um. And so now it's just uh, Alice, Dan, and Debbie. And they're like, okay, we need to make a plan. And she's like, I'm not going to let some Night Stalker beat me. And Alice is like, he's not really get it. Like, he's not a Night Stalker. And it's going to take more than bench presses to to beat him. And and then she's like, what we need to do is have mind over matter. And she leaves. Yeah. And Debbie's like, that's weird. Because that's what Sheila used to say all the time. That's funny. Every time... Someone dies, she changes. Hmm. Interesting. And Alice goes back home and all of a sudden she's in front of her mirror, you know, taking down pictures again. Mm-hmm. Um, as she's been doing all week long. It's been a very long week for her. And she starts playing with uh Rick's little nunchuck things, and she's very good at it. She's doing it very, very fast, and she's like, What is happening to me? And so they've decided to make this plan like she's she's going to meet Dan at a certain time and they're going to go to Debbie's and they're going to figure out a plan. Yeah. And so Dan is outside the diner where Alice works, the diner where she's terrified that she's going to be working there for the the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And so he's waiting and Debbie's at her house doing some bench presses and working out. Yeah. And Alice is tr- was trying to leave her house, but her dad is now a complete wreck because Rick is dead and mm-hmm. he's not going to let her leave because he doesn't want to lose another kid. Yeah. So she has to figure out how to leave and she gets a plan to sneak out from Rick's bedroom w- window and climb out just like he used to. And she goes to the diner and Dan's not there. She's like, hmm, well, I guess I can take in a movie. So she walks to the theater and... And goes to see Reefer Madness, as one does. Oh, this is such a cool and, sequence. I love it. Which like <laughs> walk up to like the little box oh, office so in the neat. front. And it's like glowing green, and it's it's just it's, oh, it's so it's cool. gorgeous. Like shot the way this it's whole sequence beautiful. is. This whole movie yeah. is just stunning. Yeah, uh, lot lots of green and red. It's a very mm-hmm. Christmassy movie. Yeah, like like his um, uh, yeah his sweater and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so she goes up to the balcony with her her popcorn and Pepsi and she's there's a few people in there, but they're kind of like doing their own thing. She's watching the movie 
and it's a scene where a bunch of kids are dancing and the camera goes out and it's the diner where she works, but there's all these tumbleweeds. It looks kind of boarded up and decrepit. And she's like, that's weird. Something's off. And there's all this wind blowing in the movie. And she's like, that's odd. Cause all of a sudden this wind comes out of the screen and starts like sucking her popcorn and drink into the screen. Yeah. And it starts like sucking her in, into the screen. So she's grabbing onto the balcony trying to hold on, but it's too late. And she gets sucked in, in into the screen. Oh Yeah. And when she she goes in, she looks up and she can see the audience and she sees it's all the people that have died in the balcony, Mm -hmm. just kind of like like applauding. And it's just weird. And like she's in black and white at that moment. It's just just, again, everything is just so fucking cool. It's so cool. It's so neat. And so now she's in this weird like dream movie at the diner. She walks in there. And she sees this way, this way, way who looks really old and tired. And she turns around and it's her mm-hmm. in like her 60s or 70s. And she's like, hey, kid, I don't I don't want to be here forever. Yeah. And then Freddie pops out and, he, and he's all like, oh, if 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 the food don't kill you, the service will. <laughs> and then older Alice Burr brings him this big ass pizza with all these faces of like souls instead of like saw sausage and pepperoni Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. grabs one that's like it looks like it looks like rick yeah and he's he's like oh rick you little meatball (laughs) and he eats it and so like i love soul food and he's like bring me more (laughs) and like the the door opens and you can see debbie working out and he's like your shift's over and you know alice wakes up and she's like oh my god i gotta go get debbie you know, Freddie's kind of like this movie, Glynis Johns and Superstar, just to the point where he's like, you know what? Why the fuck not? Like, you know, I've been doing this for how many years now? Just let's just have a good time. You know, you want a boogie boogie, you know, you know, booga wooga. It's, it's, it's great. You know? Wait, what? He's, you, know, well, you, know, you know, like when. <laughs> follow me here for a moment, this is please. This so random. Follow me for a moment here. You know how like, like Betty Davis, anyone, like they get to the end of their career. They, they've been, oh, okay, they've been okay. so much respect at this point, you know, whatever. Uh, and they're just like, you know what? Let's go fucking crazy. This might be the last one. Okay. So let's just, you know, goof it up. That's my take. Okay, on this. now I get it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, Glennis Johns? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, you know, she had this long career of, you know, relatively serious roles up to the 90s. And then it was just like, yeah, whatever. I love her. She would have made a great Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. Soul food. Soul. Oh, I loved her voice so <laughs> oh, much. So good. So good. Isn't it rich? Isn't Are we it? a pair? <laughs> Freddy. Last on the ground. <laughs> With my soul food, mm-hmm. where are the souls? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be great. It's perfect because he's a clown in this but, one, so it's you know, where, you know, I mean, yeah, send uh, in the clowns. Uh, send in the clowns. So now it comes together. It all, it all ties together. You know, there you, we go. You gotta follow me on this dream, dream logic <laughs> from this point to thank this point. Thank you this for point. coming <laughs> to Kevin's TED <laughs> yeah, thank Talk. You, thank you. This is, is this all dream? Freddie is know. the Glennis Johns <laughs> <laughs> of Nightmare Four. It's all coming together. <laughs> So Alice wakes up and she finds Dan at the diner and she's like, okay, let's go get Debbie. And in the meantime, Debbie is still working out, but Freddie has appeared. So I guess she fell asleep at some point mm-hmm. and Freddie has grabbed her, her little barbell and is like, let's work out, you know, no pain, no gain. Let's get physical. And physical. 
It's beautiful. And uh and he pushes her so far that her arms just like pop pop off yeah. and start to sprout little insect antenna thingies. Yeah. And she's starting to morph into a cockroach. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what's weird is that uh Alice and Dan keep going in circles. Like they'll get they'll get in the car and start driving, but then all of a sudden Alice will be running in front of the diner again and yeah. being like, get in the car. So they keep repeating and they're like, that's weird. And after like the third time, they're like, I feel like we've done this before. Like, mm, uh, that is weird. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Mm. Which is kind of a statement so, on the whole franchise up to that point too. Where like, I feel like we've, I feel like we've well, done this before. <laughs> isn't that every franchise? Exactly. Lord. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Debbie is in like this weird, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like this weird hallway where she has these big like roach arms and she's like going along and then she slips and falls into this goo and she can't get out and so her face pops off and she turns into like a full-on cockroach how did they come up i mean i mean there, there's a very famous it's genius you know kafka metamorphosis book which is I mean, this is sort of the premise yeah. of like is he a, is he a fucking cockroach is, is he a human who know, who fucking knows mm-hmm. and i'm like did, did somebody just like read that right before and they were like you know that would that would be a cool like dream sequence like she's just fucking turned into a fucking Probably. cockroach even though they missed like the entire point of the whole fucking book but whatever M- moving on <laughs> well you can tell this is one that was done by Screaming Mad George because yeah. all of his stuff always has a lot of goo. Mm-hmm, like he true. just pours K- K- KY on everybody <laughs> and just like does his magic. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, And so Debbie turns into a roach and then it turns out that she's been stuck in this little roach motel box and Freddy just smashes it and goo goes everywhere. And then Alice is like, oh, I felt it. She's gone. And they're in the car still, and then Freddie just appears in the middle of the road, and she's like, all right, I'm going to punch his ticket in, and she floors it, and then right as they hit him, the car just, like, implodes, and they have a big crash, and they wake up, and Dan is, like, seriously injured, Mm -hmm. so they got to get him to the hospital, and that's not going to be good because they're trying to put him to sleep. And she's like, don't let them put you to sleep because yeah. you know, that's it, not going to end literally well. Literally being put to sleep. If, um, if you put him to sleep, you know, it's like putting a dog to sleep. Super basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, so they're going to the hospital and her dad is there and he, and he's, and he's all like, no, don't go in with, with him, come home. And so she steals his car keys and just like runs back home. And goes back in and uh, starts to prepare for a battle. She's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, go in with them together and she takes i I think about four dozen sleeping pills which cannot be a good idea i mean that's like that's a lot like i think you just need maybe one at this point like you're already kind of tired do you need the entire bottle she's got the whole like getting ready montage with like the rock soundtrack in the background it's magnificent maybe the finest moment of cinema history yes to be honest it's it pumps me up so much Mm mm-hmm like I'm ready for anything after I watch this. It's so invigorating. We love a and, montage on this. this oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Transformation. So she's taking like a little bit of everything that her friends had, and t- taking down the last of the pictures so she can finally see herself. You know, yeah, as a full person. And I find this moment very moving because I feel like this is just life in a nutshell. You yep. know, these people come into our lives. We we take so much from them you know we 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 get so much from every interaction that we have mm-hmm. with a person mm-hmm. 
and we absorb it. You know, we 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 take this person's laugh, this person's humor, this person's you know whatever, yeah. and it kind of shapes us into our 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 own person. And I find it so moving, you know, that she's finally her own person, right. y- using all these pieces of the ones that she that she loves, and she's able to finally fight him. Totally, and she's setting and, up, um, setting up the whole. You know, she sees herself in the mirror for the first time. Like, this is who I really am. This mm-hmm. is who I'm going to become. And that's going to come back in the final battle, yeah. too. So it's sort of setting. That oh, up. yeah. So that's, yeah. That's, that's cool. And so Dan is about to get put out and uh, and he starts to go to sleep. And when he wakes up, Freddie is his doctor, which is never a good sign. You don't no. want to see that when you wake up no. from surgery. And um, he's all like, Freddie. And for Freddie's like, well, it's not Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Like that's a bit yeah. silly, Freddie. Um, and then Alice like sees this through the mirror, and she somehow like jumps through it and ends up in the operating room, and grabs him and is like, "Let's go!" And when they get out of the operating room, they're suddenly in this weird like kaleidoscope tunnel, mm-hmm. and Freddie's at the other side and he's like swirling it, and they're all discombobulated, and there's a big stained glass window at the end and they kind of run towards that and fall through it and then they land in the middle of this chapel and Dan is like oh Alice I don't think I'm going to make it because he's like hemorrhaging and he starts to like slowly come out of the dream and disappear and he wakes up and the doc the doctor's like we thought we were going to lose you and he's like oh you got to put me back under and he's like nope not going to do that Um, and so Alice has to fight this on her own and here comes Freddy busting through the doors, and he's all like, "Welcome to Wonderland, Alice." Very clever. I personally and, would have said, "Alice, you know, they, sweet Alice," but you know, he, he yes, tried. Alice is about to not live here anymore. <laughs> so, so many, so many. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a big fight where like there's a lot of backflips and kicks. And oh yeah, punches this is yeah, and, very proto Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's, she's like kicking ass. She's Absolutely. got this like, you know, leather jacket on and kicking butt. It's, it's Yeah. And she's got Sheila's little bug repellent thing that somehow she she grabs it and then gets like a hose from like the wall. I don't know why. Yeah. And connects it and it, it it puts a big hole in Freddy's chest, but he he but he can just repair that with a little flick of the of the uh the glove yeah yeah and then and it's like there's a lot of you know fighting and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but then ultimately she's pushed against a wall and she sees like this choir of children (laughs) above her that are all like (laughs) now i lay me down to sleep the master of dreams my soul to keep Mm -hmm. something like uh, something evil shall see itself and it shall die yeah so she remembers the last part of the rhyme and she finds this little broken piece of glass and she shows it to Freddy and he's all like yeah. I, I don't know why this does it but you know it's it's a dream yeah it's weird and, like, it's um, weird. like Christians would have like so much issue with these these movies because like you know it's, it's very actually it's always Christianity it's like coming to the rescue it's in a fucking church yeah, here and like the singing biblical like, isn't little it? biblical here but yeah good versus evil here yeah these like little like angel looking chill chill children up 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 yeah. there they're all like dressed in white yeah. like oh <laughs> um and There's so no, yeah like no amanda then, in this one but she'll be back just you wait no just you no wait. she comes back she yeah. comes back with the vengeance mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, then like it, it goes like into his mouth and somehow there's like this weird, like it's, 
I don't know, realm of souls within him that are like no. crying out to get to get out. Like visually, it is so fucking cool. It's so neat. I think it's something like um, he, he's like the idea he's never like looked at himself and like all the shit that he's done. And then when he does, it like yeah. triggers all the, the souls inside of him to be like, hey, you did all the shitty things and you look at your own reflection and blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, they're at least you ugly, Freddy. You yeah, so ugly. You so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> ugly, Freddy. <laughs> and so like they all start to break out of him. Like mm-hmm. they start to break out, 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 out of his chest, out of his leg, yeah. out of his arms. I think there's one that comes out of his ass. I'm not completely sure, oh, but it looked the, like it was. That's the queen one. Uh-huh. It's like, I've got to break free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and then there's one that pops out, out of his head and they all just basically tear him apart. They like yeah. rip his head in half and all the souls come out in like this big white light. And it's kind of like the, ending of the haunting 1999 where they're where they're all like thank you alice yes, uh, yes. but better but, better. but somehow it, it, works. it works better in this movie <laughs> i don't know why well i think it's because the haunting 99 tries to be like sort of serious for like half the runtime and then yeah. by the end, like whereas this one's just a goofy pun you know so it's like all right why not right you yeah want some fucking kids like coming out of body part whatever you know i mean it's like i'm almost kind of moved b- by it in yeah, this yeah, one it i'm like somehow. good for you alice look yeah. at that yeah isn't that funny? It's like the same thing, but it just it works so much better here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they all leave and Alice is like, rest in peace, bitch, and kicks the glove and goes out of the chapel. And now it's, I don't know, a few days later, a week later, a month later, no, a year no, later. No, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. And um, but Alice and Dan, her major league hunk, are clearly in a relationship and they're just walking by a fountain and they're all like, make a wish, yay. And she thinks she sees for Freddy's reflection and she's like, uh. And he's like, what did you wish for? And she's like, if I tell you, it won't come true. <laughs> Cue the Sinead O'Connor. End of movie. Oh, Beautiful. Beautiful film. What a movie. Great movie. I, I had a masterwork. I had a great time revisiting this. Um, I did too. I had a terrific time. So much fun. My general opinion is, again, maybe a little controversial here, but that's what's why we do the podcast, right? Uh, yeah. The last time, I, it was about five years ago, I did a rewatch of all these movies. I was a little less enthused about Dream Warriors and more enthused about this one. And I think I still mm-hmm. feel the same way. I mean, they both about even out in my head. Uh, but I think I always right. put Dream Warriors on this pedestal of like, oh, it's so much better than four and like, you know, blah, whatever. But then I watched mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, man, four is great. And uh, so is three. But like, it's maybe not quite as great as I remember to be. But like they even out in my head. I, that's what I will say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they're they're both really strong movies. I mean, yeah. th- that's just this franchise all in all is still one of the stronger ones. Yeah, it's good. It's good. That you, that you can find. They, yeah. they're, they're always creative, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. this one is so creative. Yeah, I mean every absolutely. second of this, it's you just you can see all the thought that went into it. Yeah, it's 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 a really great little movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, art, great cast, great production design and effects and makeup and yeah. oh, totally, totally beautiful. Yeah, it is so 1988. Oh, so much. Yes, it is just like if someone were to ask, like, what is one movie to define 1988? I'd be like. Watch Dream Master. Dream Master and Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. That's all you need. <laughs> yes. I mean, really, that's the only two movies you should need. I mean, just really, in if, general. If you're going to right, a dream, I mean, yeah, if you're going to be an island somewhere, that's all the two you bring with yeah, you. Right? <laughs> the, those would be fun to watch again. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. yeah. Oh, Ugh. such a goodie. 
Well, I'm going to wrap this up, folks, because I have relatives over and they're like putting together some dog crate right now and it's going to get noisy oh, here. Oh, God. Uh, oh. But yeah, uh, I have a quick Overlook gem for y'all. This is a little movie called With a Friend Like Harry. This is from the year 2000. Uh, more of a psychological thriller of sorts here. Um, but uh, it's about this uh, dude, like middle-aged, man, maybe not middle-aged, I think he's in his like, 30s. I don't want to age us too much here on this podcast. Uh, so he, <laughs> he's probably in his 30s here. And uh, he's got a wife, girlfriend, not, who, who can say it's in France? I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, and um, they are fixing up this house in the countryside. And like suddenly this other dude shows up. His name's Harry. And he's like, you know, I went to school with you. Michael, Michael's the main guy. And Michael's like, I don't fucking remember you at all, but if you say so. But like, Harry like knows all these weird details about Michael's past that like, how would this guy know if they didn't actually know each other in high school? Like he knew that Harry, or he knew that Michael used to write all of these, um, or it might be Michelle, sorry. I don't know if it's Michael or Michelle. I've forgotten, who knows? Whatever, I'm gonna say it's Michael. French. We're gonna, yeah, it's whatever. And uh, the French version of Michael, so. And uh, you know, he knows that Michael used to write all of these poems in high school and he can even like uh, repeat them verbatim, which is like really kind of fucking weird. And um, so the whole movie, you're kind of trying to figure out like, who the fuck is, is this guy? Why does he know all these things about him? Like really deeply personal stuff. And uh it starts out like fairly straightforward, but then like about halfway through it starts to get really fucking crazy and relatives start getting like fucking killed off in the most absurd way possible. And you're trying to figure out like, why is this happening? What's going on here? And like by the end of it, I don't know that it like ever really totally comes together and you, you don't really get a lot of answers. But um, I think it's one of those movies that works a lot better like thematically than like in terms of like narrative logic. Because um, oh. it's kind of about this guy sort of trying to come to terms with like the person he used to be in high school. Uh, versus the person he is now and like being having having all these insecurities about um you know having a daughter and a wife and everything now and um uh this parents have put so much pressure on him and um at, at one point they get like killed off and it's like oh did they really get killed off or is this just like his you know him thinking if i get rid of them that i can go back to like doing all these poems and stuff that i used to love in high school and um it's got a little bit kind of a dark comedy vibe throughout too so good stuff we're checking out um Sounds like a delight. Yeah, good stuff. Um, from the year 2000, the millennium. Uh, millennium. Millennium. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, we are still kicking along with these nightmare movies. We got um, at least one more. Um, we'll see if we get to six, but it, we'll, we'll, we'll do five at least because I think we got to wrap up the um, the Dream Master arc, right? You know, of... Uh, yeah, it would just make more sense to do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's continuing plot threads. There we is. Gotta, yeah. Gotta wrap it up. We gotta, gotta. Yeah. Six um, is kind of our, like, it's, it's, its own thing. And mm-hmm. sometimes we get into some self harm on this show, but I don't know if we're going to be in the mood for self harm. Yeah, we'll see. To cover that one. We'll see. That might be a, a summer <laughs> thing. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, brain dead summer. We'll see. Exactly. Uh, Freddy's dead summer, as, if you will. Um, but as always, you can follow us, folks. Facebook, Twitter, HOHH Podcast, um, Instagram, Homos and Haunted Hill, all one word. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes if you want. Thank you to those who have. We are probably elsewhere, but definitely in those places. So feel free to follow us. Yes. And uh, yeah, we're almost done with January. 
Thank God I fucking hate this month. Um, Oof, not that February is really that much better, but you know, at least we're we're moving, yeah. we're getting through it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, this month actually went by pretty fast. It did. So. It did. We were talking about that before we started See. recording. We, the, the time is just the older you get, it's just fucking insane. You blink and it's yeah. months later. It's, it's crazy. I always thought people were exaggerating, but my God, when you think like, what was five years ago? Yeah. You're like, oh, that was like last month, right? Yeah. No, it was five years ago. It was five years ago, 2019. What like, what the fuck? No, no. It's, crazy It's to insane. It's, it's fucking crazy. Oh. Um, yeah. But, uh, but we'll be here. We'll be here, you know. Uh, we'll be it, here with more nightmare goodies. <laughs> we will be here. If you happen to be pregnant, you might want to sit out this next one. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> yes. This is a surgeon general warning. Yes, we're just throwing it for the dis- pregnant disclaimer, ladies. Disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> avoid operating heavy machinery, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. We'll we'll uh, talk to you next week. And uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.